Hi friends, welcome back to Our Hearts Surrendered. My name is Sophie and I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. What is up guys? My name is Addison and I'm the other co-host of Our Hearts Surrendered. Today we are recording and just like sitting down and talking and doing all the things. We are going through Mark and Luke is next episode. So make sure to come back next week. We started this new series called The Gospels. Last week we talked about Matthew. Sophie absolutely killed it. I'm talking about Mark this week and next week she's talking about Luke and then we'll finish out with John the following week. Um, I'm so pumped to get to talk to you guys about Mark, but like we started a new series last week. We started a new like season for our podcast last week. We started a new year last week. We also started a new tradition that we like to call word of the week um, tradition as if we have only done it one singular time, but we're going to, it's going to be a tradition. It's going to be a thing. Instead of doing like a weekly recap, we're doing a quarterly recap. So this is our one word that encapsulates our week. Sophie, tell me about your week in one word. Yeah. New tradition. Cause it's happened twice now. That counts as a tradition. My word of the week. Oh, also, guys, new year, new us. I just felt like I should say that, you know, changing. She just had to get it in there. (laughs) She really just had to throw it in there. (laughs) It just came to me. (laughs) Anyways, my word of the week would be unexpected. A lot of things unexpectedly happened. For example, I got the week off from school when everyone else went back to school because of COVID. And so that was unexpected. So I had an unexpected week of rest, which I'm incredibly thankful for. I started reading, started doing all the things. Um, I really dove into a lot of new healthy habits this week, which would be unex- not unexpected, guys. I practice healthy habits, but I just mean new things like for example, um, I'm reading a book now. <laughs> That's unexpected. She for me. reads. She <laughs> reads. That is so exciting. What about you, Eddie? What's your word? My word of the week, um, guys. Fun fact: This is our second time recording this episode because the first time I recorded it, I was like, "Guys, I don't know what I had. I think it might have been allergies. It might have been a virus. I don't know what it was." Um, but basically I was just really under the weather and I could not form a singular thought and sentence. And I got off the call and I was like, Sophie, can we please re-record that episode? And she's being so gracious to let me redo it. Um, but anyways, that being said, I chose this during the week when we recorded it the first time and I stand by it. Like I was thinking about it today before I even got on this call, like this morning when I woke up, I was like, do I want to change my word of the week now that like the week is officially over? And I was just like, no. I think that last week was really challenging for me. I think that um, I started my second semester of senior year and we're like seven eighths done with high school, which is insane. But it was just challenging of like this new beginning of a new year and like finding motivation to get back into the grind of things. It was like, it's just a hard adjustment going from break life to back to school. Um, especially when like, just because school starts doesn't mean that like your personal life stops happening or that like your family life stops happening. So it's like, my brother's about to go back to college and I have to like go through like the whole process of being like, Oh, we're back to a family of four after this. So it's just like all the things happen at the same time. And that's how life is. But it was really challenging to remember how to kind of get back into that. Um, but I, really, really, really want to emphasize how thankful I am for the gospel of Mark this past week. I was writing, I've been writing all my prayers down. That's a new habit of 2022. I started just before 2022, like midway through December. Um, but anyways, I've been writing my prayers down and I can like look back now, which is really cool to be able to do and just like reflect on like what's been answered or like what's been a recurring theme. And one of them has been my thankfulness for the gospel of Mark. 
last week, whenever we recorded, Sophie mentioned that in our Bibles, we both have, I think it's the same brand of Bible. It's an ESV is the um, translation, but basically we have like a little recap of the book, which is so nice. It's for every book of the Bible. And I'm going to give it a read and just kind of let it be an overview for Mark. And then we'll kind of dive a little bit deeper. Um, But it says the gospel of Mark emphasizes that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. Jesus announced the kingdom of God, healed the sick and died as a ransom for sinners. In addition to in addition to Jesus, Mark features three main groups of people, the disciples, the crowds and the religious leaders, none of whom understood Jesus. When the time came for Jesus to go to the cross, the religious leaders arrested him. The disciples abandoned him and the crowds jeered at him. Only when he died alone on the cross did a Roman centurion recognize that he was the son of God. Though the book is anonymous, tradition identifies John Mark as an author, as the author. He may have based his gospel on Peter's preaching, writing sometime between 50s or 60s AD. So that said, that puts Mark written. Um, it's kind of unknown when it was written, whether it's before Matthew or after Matthew. Either way, they're written in the same time period. Um, I briefly want to like run through this little process that one of my mentors introduced to me called reading the envelope. Um, essentially we can think about each of the books, of the Bible as letters addressed to specific audience. And whenever you get a letter in the mail, the first thing I always do, I'm like, who is this from? What is this going to contain? Like, what am I looking at right now? And why am I getting a letter? Because it's 2022. They could have shot me a text, but that being said, we are going to read the letter um, or read the envelope and then read the letter. But the first question that we like to ask ourselves as we do such is who's the author and like that little blurb thing just told us John Mark is thought to be the author and none of the gospels have like none of the writers identified themselves and who they were but based off of how the writing is styled and like other passages like in Acts 12 and we can assume that it was John Mark who goes by Mark and a little bit of background on Mark he was not a disciple um, and it kind of mentioned that earlier but he based his whole account based on the eyewitness and the spoken ministry of Peter. So he tagged along with Peter was like, this is what's up. I'm doing the things I'm following you. And essentially just tagged along. And Peter was a disciple of Christ. Um, so that's how this is like a first eyewitness account. Um, and then the next question we like to ask ourselves is what is the genre Gospels are all narratives. And then we ask ourselves, who were the audience? So this is where it differs a little bit from Matthew. Matthew was written to, I believe, um, in general, I think it was just written to, what did, what did we say last week? The Jews, right, Sophie? Yeah, it was written to the Jews. The book of Mark was written to the strong man is what two different commentaries I read said, essentially meaning that Romans, um, which are the strong man in reference here, they brought a forced sense of peace that they had to hold on very, very tightly. And it takes a strong man to hold on to such a forced sense of peace where they like enforced taxes and did all these like really harsh things just to have like some sort of like peaceful world to live in. Um, And like ancient Rome, if you can imagine what that was like, it was like under strict rules, I would assume. Um, But essentially it was a dictatorship, right? I mean, there you have your king and like you had to respect them and all the things. Um, and they didn't like anybody going against the king or spreading any sort of lies that would contradict what they would say. Then the next thing that we have to think about is what was happening at the time. So since this book is thought to be written between around 50, 60 AD, the biggest events that were occurring around that time 
were that um, the Roman church burned and then Judea, Jerusalem versus Rome, essentially. That's what I wrote in my notes. Um, Jerusalem kind of went and battled against Rome. Um, and then eventually Jerusalem fell. And that's going to come into like a big account in a minute or two when I like actually start talking about the contents. Um, but the last thing I kind of want to hit on before I let Sophie get a word in is just the purpose of this. And I like want to briefly just say that Mark didn't hide, like the biggest thing that I'm going to emphasize in a second is that Mark didn't hide that the disciples made mistakes or was like, or struggled with the concept of Jesus being Messiah with the questioning and everything. And so do you have anything to add to any of that? Yeah, definitely. Something to note is that Mark is one of the synoptic gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And that, if you didn't hear last week, that's okay. I'll tell you what it is again. It's all cool. The synoptic gospels just mean that all three of them follow kind of the same path and storyline, whereas John is a little bit different, but it's really cool how in all four gospels, I've said this last week, I'll keep saying it because I stand in awe of it. It's really cool how all four gospels are different, yet they tell the same story and they, they tell the story of Jesus and each story has unique details and is focused on different people, yet they all point to Jesus being the Messiah. I think that's really cool. And I think it's really amazing that they don't contradict each other, but rather we can learn from each one of them in so many different ways. So I'm excited to learn about Mark. I did a little bit of research, but not that much. I had a bunch of questions and I said to myself, hopefully Addy answers my questions. Absolutely. I hope so too. Um, I was hoping that you would mention that there's synoptic gospels. Um, okay. This is guys, the first time I recorded this, um, I just like, didn't feel like I covered everything that I needed to. Like I did a lot of research and I just didn't like get it all out there. Um, so that being said, we're taking a little bit of a different route this time. Essentially the gospel of Mark, um, is you can split it into three different sections. Okay. The only time that Mark ever gives his opinion about Jesus, like his opinion, his words are first verse of the first chapter. And it says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it is written in Isaiah, the prophet prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. Um, and that's like, that's it. <laughs> that's really it. That was actually two verses. It's really like the part that is Mark's word is, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, Mark, that's it. All he had to say about Jesus. Like that was his own opinion is that he was the son of God. Okay. That was it. In some translations, I believe it says Messiah. Um, it just depends, but that's the only time I want you to keep in mind. Mark was like, I'm going to let, like, I'm going to tell this story. I've like been tagging along. I'm going to let you guys hear all of this and I'm gonna let you digest it and form your own opinion. Okay. You can split Mark up into three what I would like the video that I watched, um, I think it was by the Bible project, which I highly suggest. If you ever like, just look up like the gospel of Mark or Genesis, usually a video will pop up and they like draw the things. It's actually so helpful because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, how I, how I literally prepare for anything. Yeah, no, it's like facts. It's so, so helpful. So if you are ever confused about a book in the Bible, just read that or watch that. Anyways, they called him acts, which I think fits pretty perfectly. Basically, the first act is Galilee. They are in Galilee. And it's the first eight and a half-ish chapters. It's like chapter one through eight A. If you look in your Bible, 
eight is pretty much split into two portions. Um, and it's answering this question of who is Jesus essentially in the first eight ish chapters, there's the entire gospel. It's all about what Jesus's mission was. If you read those first, like you just kind of understand like that is Mark telling you like, this is who Jesus is. And John the Baptist introduces him. And like, God is like, this is my son. I'm so proud of him. Like doing the proud father thing. Like that is it. And that's all in Galilee. On the way is the next act. So they're on the way to Jerusalem, which is the third act, but we got to stop and make sure we get the journey. So 8B through chapter 10 was the disciples. Guys, catch this. The disciples, the 12, questioning what it means for Jesus to be Messiah. So I love, love that Mark included this, Um, especially considering that he was following Peter. Um, I'm going to touch on why that's important in just a second, but the fact that there's so much humanity and the fact that the disciples who are like the right-hand men of God, like the, like God's go, well, God, <laughs> Jesus's go-to guys when in his time on earth were these disciples, like they were like his servants, they were like leading and working and walking with him and they were questioning him, right? They were like, what is this? Um, and he tells them three times. He has the same conversation three times, chapter 8, 27 through 38, chapter 9, 30 through 37. And then again in chapter 10, 32 through 45, chapter 10, verse 45 sums it up very, very well. when it says the son of man did not come to be served, but to become a servant and give his life as a ransom for many. This is the gospel. Like Jesus is a servant leader. And like, that is so crazy because my like cottonwood student ministry which is where we go to church and they like constantly are like servant leadership servant leadership you guys should serve in the church come on guys servant leadership and i'm like okay what are you talking about i have school i have band i have all of these things i have work like i don't have time to be a servant leader and jesus literally came as a servant leader and he is the king of all kings like that is just ridiculous that the fact that like i don't even like make time to do that when it was jesus's entire life and mission for us to reflect that and he set the most perfect example that being said let's talk about peter for a second in matthew if you read matthew there's a whole exaltation of peter he's like peter you were cool he walks on water he's like you trusted me all these things read it mark completely skips it this is like Literally, guys, Mark was following Peter. Like, if anything, if any book in the Bible should have Peter walking on water, it's Mark. Like, it is in the exaltation of Peter, Mark's bestie that he's been buddying along with. Like, this book should be the one that has it, but it doesn't. Like, it's just not included. Okay. Like, is that not just ridiculous? Um, and like, you have the whole um, Jesus asking him, um, in verse eight, Mark eight, verse 29, then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Peter replied, you are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Like Peter was the rock of the church and the leader of the 12, but this is so much humility and so much like, oh, it's just so ridiculous that like, it wasn't even included. And it just like, he focuses instead on the humanity of these disciples of being like, I don't know who you are or what to like, what does it even mean for Jesus to be a Messiah? And he, he walks through all of that in 8B through 10, like, please, please read it. Um, but I'm going to move on for the sake of time. The third act, third and final act is Jerusalem. 
Um, they are at Jerusalem. Jesus has the whole entrance. This is chapters 11 through 16. He has the king's entrance or entrance, sorry. Um, he is there and he is reigning um, in a way that's different than anybody anticipated, but it's answering this question of like how Jesus becomes king. Um, and like, if you just read the chapters, he, um, it's like when Jesus flips the tables and like returns the church to back, like back to what it's supposed to be. Um, and in chapter 13, he predicts the downfall of Jerusalem. And he also predicts that he will have a second return. Right. Um, later on, we do see the downfall of Jerusalem. I mentioned that in the history, it fell in 70 AD. Um, so first of all, that's like part of a prophecy fulfilled, which is sick. Um, Second of all, we know that Jesus is returning and we have hope in that. And that's another huge part of the gospel that we should cling to rather than just like briefly, briefly overlook. Um, but I want to focus on one thing is that a Roman soldier, a Roman soldier who crucified Jesus, like, okay, so God, Jesus is like in the villages, like he is in um, Jerusalem and he is like doing all these miracles. He's healing people. He is flipping tables. He's like returning people to the idea of Christianity and following Christ and the gospel and like all of this, um, bringing them to that realization. Um, and essentially that is threatening to the Roman King. And he's like, we got to get this guy killed. We cannot be having that in my, in my like Roman empire. Right. Not cool for anybody to have that amount of power. Um, so the Romans kill him, right? Like, rude but that's what happens and a roman soldier was the first to recognize that the crucified man jesus was the son of god this whole entire book is trying to convince people that jesus is the son of god and why he is this and why he is not this and what like all these things and the whole point of his life was to die for his enemies and his friends like listen when i tell you that jesus died for not only his friends but also his enemies okay like that is huge you know, like, cause it would be so easy. Like if I was in Jesus's shoes, praise the Lord that I'm not, because I would be like, you want me to die for the people that are crucifying me? You are like throwing vinegar in my, and wine in my wounds. Absolutely not. That is not happening. Get me off of this cross. Um, like God is so much better than I, I said, this is what we're learning. Um, but that being said, the Roman um centurion is what it said in my bible but also just roman soldier was the first um and then the last last bit of mark that i'm going to talk about is just the abrupt ending so if you brought this up the first time we recorded um and i like had never caught it and then whenever i went back and did more research i was like oh that was so intentional um in your bibles if you look i which i suggest you look because i just think it's really interesting and you should probably make a note of it after verse eight, verse eight, chapter 16 says, and they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they were, and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. This is talking about the disciples and uh, Mary Magdalene and Mary, whenever they went to the tomb, I think it was actually just Mary and Mary Magdalene. They went to the tomb and they were like looking for Jesus's body and he was gone. And they were like, uh, what is this? Like, what is this? Um, and they saw an angel dressed in white robes. And he's like, basically, do not be alarmed. You see Jesus as Nazareth. He was crucified and he has risen. And these women were like, girl, what are you talking about? I am terrified. 
I am not going to tell anybody. I am so afraid. I am trembling. I am seizing like all of the things. And then it just ends. The entire book ends on that note. In your Bible, it might continue where it has like Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene and Jesus appears to the disciples, the Great Commission, all of that. But if we like my Bible says some of the earliest manuscripts do not include the following verses. Um, and like if we just I think that this was ended very intentionally. And I let Sophie share her thoughts on this because she had something really good to say. But um, I think that Mark did this because it is a shocking claim that the crucified and risen Jesus is the Messiah. And I think that the lack of closure forces you in a sense to choose your own fate. Do you run like the Marys did and are like, I am not telling anybody about this. This is terrifying. This is going to get me killed. I cannot do that. Or do you go and proclaim the gospel and tell your friends and tell your enemies about the shocking truth of the gospel is that like the son of God came and lived a perfect life and then died for me and all the people that hated him. Like people who are so undeserving of love like that. You know what I mean? So I think that is intentional. If for some reason, like our Bibles just left it off, that could have happened. It definitely could have. The ending is still great. It, read it too. It has the Great Commission, has the Jesus appearing on the roads and stuff. It's good. But I think it was an intentional ending because so often we forget the humanity of the disciples and we like raise them on this pedestal, even like the humanity and humility of Christ when he's like, he was afraid too, right? Like he was so scared. He's like, Father, get me off of this cross. I don't want to do this. This is not where I want to be right now. You know, it's, it's a whole thing. But Sophie, closing thoughts. Come on. That was so good. Yeah. I think Mark, just something that I've learned this week is just what Addie was saying is the disciples were not perfect and they messed up. And I feel like a lot of the times for me, I can be in church and hear about, we talk about just the disciples and how great they were. And it, no, no one is putting them up on a pedestal. I put them up in a pedestal in my own mind. And then I kind of feel, maybe you feel this way too. Like I am, do not like, I'm not equipped to be a disciple of Jesus. Like how could I, I am so broken and so sinful. And I think it really is an encouragement in the book of Mark to just come as you are like these disciples, like they, they were like just 12 guys who were kind of kind of all over the place just like I am you know like they made mistakes what did they do when Jesus went to the cross they all fled and <laughs> they were all terrified so I think that the book of Mark really shows like what Addie was saying just the beauty that Jesus uses broken people um, to be a part of his kingdom plan which I think that's really cool so Addie do you want to pray us out I would love to Heavenly Father, I come to you and thanks for the opportunity to sit down and talk about the gospel of Mark and the similarities and differences that it holds within the other gospels and the beautiful truth that they all proclaim one thing. And it's that you say your one and only son to die for us um, sinners and undeserving, undeserving people. God, I pray that as we cling to this truth, we are reminded that just because we have been saved by salvation does not mean that we have to be perfect or ever will be perfect. And that's the beauty of your grace and your unrelenting love is that you died for all of our sins so that we can be washed new and then go through sanctification to become more like you, but not to be you. Um, God, thank you for taking the burden of our sins and all the weight that that holds. I pray that we don't abuse your grace and we remember the importance of the gospels and reflect on them 
um, and not idolize anybody other than you, including your disciples, including influencers that we see proclaiming your name. Um, help us live in wholehearted surrender, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. We hope you guys have a great week. We're praying for you. We love you guys. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at a faith podcast. It's a party over there. If you want to email us prayer requests, you just want to chat, email us at ourheartssurrendered at gmail.com. There's two S's. And if you want to leave a rating and review on the platform that you're listening with, do it. Anyways, we hope you guys have a great week. Love you lots. Let's strive to live in wholehearted surrender this week. Mm-hmm.